You can say what you want about Enya. Hashtag Enya Nation. That song right there by Enya, Orinoco Flow, and really a lot of her career. So, of course, here in the States, she's a one-hit wonder. Uh, and But what a hit. It was massive. That being said, over in Ireland, she is a master. She had many, many hits. To me, it's like Gary Newman over in the UK. Like here, he had Cars, which everyone's like, oh, weirdo, Roboto, New Wave. (laughs) One song. In the UK, he charted more than a dozen times, maybe a lot more than a dozen times. He's one of my all-time favorites. Enya, there's a reason that she is a legend in Ireland, because she knows how to make this incredible, thoughtful music. There's so many European artists that don't make it in the US, but it doesn't mean they aren't Absolutely fantastic. Well, if they're lucky enough to cross over once or twice or three times, uh, maybe half of one time, great. But it, 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 that's why music to me is endlessly fascinating. Like you read these stories. If you go look at Enya's situation online, Enya in this country, Orinoco Flow, that's what we got. Yeah. In her native country and across Europe, frankly, and lots of other spots in the world, an actual legitimate superstar. Maybe not quite Madonna level. But not that far away from Madonna level. Well, over a hundred million uh, listens to one of her other songs on Spotify. Is that, that wasn't is that Orinoco Flow? Is that a lot? That's a lot. Do people enjoy that? Uh, by the way, hi. Thanks for tuning in to the Brian Oak Show. It is the twenty eighth episode of our podcast. This is twenty eight. Unbelievable. I'm Brian Oak. That is Sean Bernard over there, business partner and producer extraordinaire. If I do add so. Um, so you and I were just in here yesterday. What did you do in the last 24 hours that was interesting or worth even mentioning? Um, I went and got my blood work and uh, urine test for my life insurance. Oh, and and I went. So that's the that's one part. I'm just being honest. It was well, a lot I, of fun. It was my fault. I asked the question. I'm sorry. That well, I, asked, I told but... you this off the podcast, but it's, it bears repeating. I felt so bad for the guy near me who they yelled out. We got a shy bladder over here. You just want me to have him come back tomorrow. And, and so I was like, come on, people. For people who are not familiar with the term shy bladder, which today is actually, I was today years old when I first heard the term shy bladder. Um, that meant that Sean, because he's a robust Irishman as I am, he had no problem peeing in a plastic cup. But apparently the person next to you, just couldn't make it happen. There was there was nothing coming out of the urethra. I felt so bad for the guy. Like you don't yell that across the room, you know. It, but but here's the deal with doctors and nurses is this is their day to day life. And although although I'll be honest, like usually bedside manner is a little better than that. Yelling out across the room, we got a shy bladder over here. I think the shy bladder is the name of my. <laughs> My new acoustic side project. I, it, it's it's pretty good. Or maybe the name of my new sort of like blog series. Like, you know. Shy Bladder. Poetry. With Brian Oak. Oh, soft and warm. The Quiet Storm. Thanks for tuning in to Shy Bladder. <laughs> His name is Sean Bernard. And in addition to being my friend and my ally and my cohort and my colleague, he is also a realtor at Edina Realty 50th in France. We are coming out of the dark doldrums of winter, which people assume nothing happens then unless, of course, it's Black Friday. And then you have to buy an oversized television or punch someone in the gut to get your hands <laughs> on a cabbage patch kid. Right. However, we are starting to head into spring. The sun has actually popped out a couple times here in February which January was dark and cloudy and moody, but not freakishly cold because of that constant cloud cover. So we're moving into February, and now we start heading into spring. And for people who think about selling a home or buying a home, we're we're heading into the season, yeah? We're heading in early, which is kind of odd, and I think it's because of the weather and you know maybe the sunshine, but people want to kind of beat the spring market a little bit. I'm going to a place tomorrow, mutual friend of ours, 
and then another place in Shakopee, a uh, uh, townhouse in Shakopee on Saturday uh, to go look at a place. And so it's probably about a month ahead of what it usually is. So if you want to get in touch with me and you're interested in buying or selling a house, 612-859-2594. You can also find me at uh, Sean Barnard at EdinaRealty.com. Real quick question, and yes. we're going to get the short version of this, the elevator uh, speech version of this. A lot of people think of realtors like they think about used car salesmen, right? Yes. I mean, like their guard is up, and they're like, why would I trust this person? Why would somebody trust you, Sean? Well, why would they trust a DJ? Ouch! <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> Fair question. No, there are there are there are certainly just like any other walk of life. There are people Son in real estate bitch. who are probably not, you know, the most above board, and there are people in all walks of life that way. But for me, but even if they're above board, yeah. the thing that, that turns me off when I talk to any sort of salesperson, car salesperson, realtor, whatever, you know, you got the white teeth and the big smile and a nice suit, and it's um, it's generally a fairly terrible place to be. But I I I will say, why would anyone listen to a DJ? <laughs> Fuck you, Sean. Um, I, I would just say that I I trust Sean, and so so far so good here on the Brian Oak Show. And I'm assuming that you bring the same sort of vibe to what you do for a living. I do. I mean, I just I care about my friends and family that are looking to buy or sell, and I just not a high pressure guy because that's a really stupid thing to do. So ideally, they learn a lot more about the buying and selling process, and we do a lot of homework, and I take some of the emotion out of it, but it's impossible. To take all of the emotion out of buying or selling a You're house. You're either leaving your home or yeah. moving into your home, so that's impossible. One last time, how do they get a hold of you? 612-859-2594. We are doing the Brian Oak Show from the Smart Start MN Studios. And Smart Start are a couple of lawyers, Mike Friedberg and Ed Cohen, who are great guys. They brought the Ignition Interlock program to Minnesota. Now, there's other pretenders, other people who have moved in. These are local guys. These are reliable guys. It's not about shame. It's not about making you feel bad. It's about getting you back on your feet again after a DUI. And if not you, maybe you were smart enough to not ever drink and drive. Maybe you have a friend who did, though, a relative, a friend of a friend of a friend. These are people who can put essentially a breathalyzer in your vehicle, and instead of waiting months to get back on the road, you are back in days, and for much less than you'd expect. And I'm going to be honest, I, I think I read about it somewhere in the literature, but a DUI is expensive, and it can really impact the direction of your life. These guys can help mitigate that impact. Exactly right. And so it allows you the chance to go to work and do those sorts of things without all the hassle of like taking an Uber, which might cost you 30 bucks a time. Ooh. Uh, you know, it can be very expensive or a cab. For months or, and months for months. and months. Exactly right. And so Again, I read about that in the literature. Yeah. And so don't let the blown end of the little breathalyzer hold you back. Go get it done. Uh, you can go to smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak Show for 20% off. The installation, I know that everybody wants to get discounts, but why wouldn't you if you just spent, you know, 10 grand on your DUI attorney? And they can be expensive. Go use the uh, discount, smartstartmn.com slash The Brian Oak Show. It is The Brian Oak Show, and um, we have a very interesting guest this evening. They are an offensive tackle for a professional football team. And I know that you're thinking, well, Brian, isn't it all female February? Turns out there's a professional women's football team here in the state, which I, I know that I'd heard about at some point, but I got to be honest, I don't pay enough attention. I'm excited to learn a lot more because the only professional sport I give a shit about is the NFL. I And, and, and so I love football. I just am dumb at it. Like, Oh, they're in the shotgun position. What what does that mean, Sean? Tell me what the shotgun position is. Yeah, it's about six feet back from the quarterback uh, instead of being right under center. Well, la tee fucking da. Nice to work with <laughs> Mr. Smarty Pants Sporto 2000 over there. I was a quarterback. That's what I did. When and where were you a quarterback? Till ninth grade, but I was 5'2", so finally my parents were like, you're done playing football. A quarterback my ass. I was a quarterback. I could throw the ball a very long way. Picks or it didn't. Oh, just like, do you see what that picture is right there? Oh, is that Dante Culpepper? What do you mean is that Dante Culpepper? It's an autographed, <laughs> certified letter of authenticity picture of Dante Culpepper. That guy with a flick of his wrist could throw it 80 yards. You're telling me... That you... I could throw a 50. I really could. Yeah, I could. I played baseball longer than I played football, but I was just tiny. So, well, But I was six feet by the time I, I graduated say, high when, school. When were you tiny? 
Uh, I was tiny until my sophomore year, and I grew eight inches in a year, the same way my son did. Your bones must have hurt really oh badly. Oh, my God. I was like, yeah. it was. Well, really as bad. much as I love talking about you, Sean, <laughs> we have a guest coming up. Sarah Sturr is going to be our guest very, very shortly. In the meantime, though, our all-female February, so every guest that comes in is going to be female or identify as female. And every song that we play is either going to be by a female singer-songwriter or a female-fronted band, as is the case we're about to hear right here. Allison Goldfrapp is one of my favorites for, oh my God, I can't even remember when that debut record, Felt Mountain, came out. She started out as sort of a, a an ambient, atmospheric artist and then started to create some really new, interesting characters over the course of her career. But right there in the sweet spot, she picked out a couple of albums and made them glammy and techy and sexy and brilliant at the same time. She's a wonderful vocalist. She's a great instrumentalist. And Goldfrapp, one of my favorite duos in the 21st century, to say the least. So a little Allison Goldfrapp as we continue on The Brian Oak Show. Back in 2005, the record Super Nature came out, and Alison Goldfrapp came from sort of an experimental 
ambient background and then started creating different characters and different personas for each of her albums, not unlike David Bowie. Now, I'm not trying to say that she owes David Bowie anything, but he's just sort of the the most obvious template I can think of when you're like, I'm going to make music, but I'm going to be a different person. I am going to put a different foot forward every time I do a thing. And she's exceptional at it. She's one of my very, very favorite artists of the 21st century. Alison Goldfrapp here on The Brian Oak Show. And if you're looking for a place to start, you should go back to uh, her debut album, Felt Mountain. But if you're not quite patient enough to deal with experimental music or ambient music, then go ahead and go right to 2003's Black Cherry because that's where things got glammy and incredible and fun and danceable. It is The Brian Oak Show, and it is time to bring in this evening's guest. Sarah is a... An offensive tackle, which I mean, I'm, I, when I so the only sport that I give a crap about is the NFL, and when I watch it with how fast it goes, how quick it is, with how much you have to know, but the violence of the hit on down after down after down, I always think to myself, if I took one of those hits, <laughs> my brittle bird-like bones would shatter into a thousand <laughs> tiny pieces. They really would. I mean, watching the Super Bowl was no no different. But Sarah Stir is an offensive tackle for the Minnesota Vixen. Sarah, first of all, welcome. Thank you. Hello. Nice to meet you, and lovely to have you here. Tell me what. Tell me about the Minnesota Vixen. Well, uh, we're Minnesota's uh, professional women's football league, mm-hmm. and we've uh, this is our twenty second season. So we've been around for twenty second season. Yeah, how have I not been to a game? Well, Brian, that's how are you going to sleep tonight knowing you haven't been to a game? Exactly, <laughs> that's why I'm asking. So, where, where do you play? Uh, that's an interesting thing about women's football is that um, we don't necessarily have a home field that stays from year to year. Okay, because um, we don't get paid to play, and um, not a dime, nothing, not. A dime. Okay. We actually pay to play. Uh, so we have like payer dues that we'll pay in um, to our team who pays also a fee to our league, uh, the Women's Football Alliance. And um, that pays for like our field time, um, our dome practices, things like that. Um, and obviously we do fundraising and stuff as a team too to make up for some of that money. Um, but yeah, so one of the things that we have experienced in the last you know 22 years is not having like a stable home field mm-hmm. um so we've, we've played it and since i've been on the team we played at uh simile high school in Invergrove heights um and then last year we played at edina high school and this year we have uh not announced where we're playing yet but okay well, we'll, well, we'll let's see. not let's not pop. i know that there's some exciting possible there news is, we yeah. can't share what it is not I yet know, I but next time yeah let me ask you this as so i understand a, a tiny amount about how football is played, but I do enjoy watching football a great deal. Oftentimes, just because it's three hours that I can be like, don't bother me, I'm watching football. Right. I need to like scream at the TV. Yes. Oh, Any excuse to scream am, at the I TV. I am one of those people, like I, I don't mind going out to see a live game, but when the toilet's right there, the snacks are just up the stairs, and the television, and, and you get a way better view, to me that's going to be honest. But my, my question to you as an offensive tackle, how... How much do you salivate? How much do you start to twinge when you're like, I have got a clean shot at the quarterback and I am going to F her up? <laughs> um, so my my job on the O-line is to protect the quarterback so they don't get sacked. Oh, you're on the offensive and, line. Yeah. I'm, sorry. I, yep. I'm, I'm sorry. I read that the wrong way. Oh, no, yeah. that's okay. Um, yeah, so for me, it's like... Okay, so let me turn the question around. <laughs> when you see one of those hungry, thirsty people like, I got the quarterback on this one, do you get excited about blowing them up? Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Which is funny because, so my rookie year, um, your rookie year, you kind of just like learn everything. And so I learned offense and defense. And when I they sold me on the defensive side of the ball, my coach was like, you got to fire up. You got to get mad. And I was like, how do I get mad? I don't, how do I get, I don't understand. And he was like, well, like what makes you really angry? And I was like, uh, when people don't use their blinkers. Um, <laughs> oh my god, Sarah, Sarah, by the way, if you're flirting with me right now, it's working because that that is I'm a normal, nice, decent, thoughtful, caring human being on the day to day. When I get behind the wheel, when people don't use their blinkers, when they don't have their lights on in inclement weather, 
a thing happened. Like it's a total Doctor Jekyll, Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Does it really make you mad when oh, people yeah. don't use their blankets? It, it drives me crazy. Oh. And like sometimes I'll have days where I'm just feeling like very spiritual, and I'll be like, you know what? Maybe your hands are full. Maybe you're it's trying to right drink there your on the steering column. Like it is and- right there on the steering column. Sarah, you do not let these people off the hook. You, even if you're just pulling over to the side of the road, you use your fucking blinker. Yeah. You use your... Yep. F- I'm so, you're the first guest we've had in 28 episodes that's brought this up. And I do want to get back to football, but I, I just... Thank you, Sarah. Yeah, that's all I, I can say. I, from one like blinker user to another. Oh. I tell you. It's right there on the... T- it's not yeah. hard. It's on the steering column. And like, even if you don't have a full hand to use, like use a wrist. Like Use an elbow. Like You can still like make it... It's literally right there. Yeah. And it's not hard. And again, so I was driving with my daughter earlier, and the people who also wait until they're actually making the turn to turn it on. Yes. I I wonder what they're thinking. I'm always like, are they thinking, well, I know where I'm going. (laughs) Which is fine, but also that that to me speaks... (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It speaks to a greater problem. Like, we have to remember... This is a planet with seven and a half billion people on it. You have to have some understanding that you're not, even when you're in your little cocoon of your car, you're not by yourself. Anyway, more on that later. Sarah, when, let me ask you, where are you from, if you don't mind? Uh, So I'm from, let's see, I was born in Rochester, Minnesota, and my family lived in Austin, Minnesota when I was like actually born. So you're all Minnesotan though. Oh, through and through, don't you know? Yeah. <laughs> I left my bars in the car, but I'll bring them in later. At what, I believe you. I believe you. At what point did you, at what point did sports or athleticism become a part of who Sarah Stir is? That's a great question. Um, so none of my family plays sports. Um, and so I, we moved, I moved schools um, between second and third grade. And in third grade, I like came home with a permission slip to play softball. And my mom was like, what? What what is this? Why do you you want to play sports? What's happening? But I mean, obviously, she was like super supportive and was like, "All right, I guess we're gonna do this." Um, and so yeah, third grade I started playing softball. I played tennis like over the summer, and then um, played like three on three basketball in the summer, and then I actually played football when I was in middle school too. And that was fun. Uh, that permission slip because I was like, "I'm gonna be really sneaky and I'm just gonna fill this out, and I'm really <laughs> trustworthy." So, like, my mom probably won't read this form. She'll just, like, be busy and she'll just, like, sign it. <laughs> and so, like, I bring the form to her and she, like, reads it. And she's like, did you fill this out wrong? And I was like, what do you mean, mom? And she's like, well, you check football. You don't want to play tennis? And I was like, oh, yeah, no, I'm just going to play football this year. So, and- <laughs> will you back that up for me for one second? Because growing up when I was a teenager, uh, my dad, one of his best friends, his two daughters played hockey. And at the time... Young women playing hockey was not a thing. Oh, like, yeah. It was very, very rare. So where are you living at this point? And is it a co-ed situation? Is it all young girls playing football? Explain that situation to me. Uh, so at this time, I, I was living in a little town called Walters, Minnesota. And my uh, middle school is in Keister, Minnesota. And uh, Keister. Yep. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you guys both say Keister? What's their mascot? Keister. That's what I want to know. The Keister. Uh, Don't do it, John. Well, oh, I just got that. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. You lived Come in Keister on. and you, you went to <laughs> Keister and you never heard that before? Oh, we like, I mean, people, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of jokes. There's like one old, like, like the town elders would talk about how like there was a president and he like used the word Keister for rear and then like somebody from the town like wrote to the president and he like Don't apologized on his dare. radio address. Right, yeah. yeah. Like, there's a town in Minnesota called Keister. Don't we do that. not talk about Keisters <laughs> in Keister, Minnesota. So you're going there. Is is it is it a co-ed football team? Yeah. So it was kind of a, I don't want to say it was like a big deal, but like, so I brought my, I turned in my permission slip and like the lady in the office was like, okay. And then it was like phone calls to my parents and we had to meet with like me and the head coach who was a total friggin' asshole. Um, That'll happen. And then our, like, my school principal and I, I think a superintendent was there um, to, like, so they, like, sat me and my down at, my mom down at this table and they were like, do you understand that your daughter is going to be playing a boy sport and, like, what that will look like and things like that. My mom was like, yeah, that's a big deal. <laughs> so were you, were you the first girl on your team? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I actually, I think that they recently had, I think, like, between me and just recently they had one other girl on the team. Uh, in our teeny little town. So, to me, this is a fascinating part of the story. We are going to get to know their song shortly, I promise, but I I love this story because if it aren't, it aren't, I'm super educated, (laughs) as you know, Sean. If it weren't for young women 
who decided, I want to do this despite the fact that it's clearly going to be uphill the entire way. And despite the fact there'll be some people who back off and there'll be some people who are going to put their shoulder into it to make you feel it and make you regret the choices you've made. That was my coach. <laughs> well, and yeah. oh, I'm sure your coach yeah. did everything in his power to get you to quit the team. I yeah. don't doubt that for a second. Why? What made you say, I can do this as well as anybody and I'm fucking doing it? I really, like, I really loved football and I loved, I was like the total tomboy. Like I was in the back of the bus, like wrestling all the guys to like see who could be in like the backmost seat in the bus and checking really hard. Like when we're playing like, you know, floor hockey and stuff like that. Like I loved being physical uh, and having the athleticism part of it too. And so when it was like football, when I had the opportunity to sign up for football, I was like, yeah, I want to play that sport. And it like, didn't even occur to me that like, I'm going to be a girl playing a boy's sport. It was just like, I'm going to be playing football with my friends. Which is awesome. So when you start, when you go to the locker room, when you go out to practice before the season even starts, how are you accepted or what was the reception like from all those young dudes? Because I'm sure that you had a couple friends on the team, but I'm sure there are guys, it sounds like including your coach, who were not down at all. Yeah. So my my head coach... um, so, like, obviously, like, the guys get dressed in their locker room, and I had to get dressed in my own space because, you know, I can't have the same locker room, which is understandable. Right. Uh, but they would also, he, like, started doing, like, the pregame, like, huddle and stuff in there, and he wouldn't tell me what I was supposed to do. So, like, I would rely on the guys on the team to, like, tell me what I was supposed to be doing. And, like, I don't think it was, like, weird for them that I was playing football because, like, we did it all the time. You know what I mean? Like, we were constantly roughhousing. I don't think that, I think they were, like, oh, it's kind of weird that there's a girl on the team, but whatever, it's Sarah. <laughs> And, like, didn't think anything of it. But the coach obviously had an agenda to do everything in his power to make it as difficult as it already was going to be to make it almost impossible for you to continue and pursue this. What grade are you in at this point? Uh, Seventh grade. Wow. Yeah. And And you did all through middle school, all uh, through high school? just the one year because I had, like, such a bad experience. and. My mom, when it, when it was, like, time to sign up in eighth grade, um, she was like, you know, you can play football if you want to. Like, I support that. I know that you love to play. But I also don't think that you're having the best experience that you can be having. So, like, I want you to consider, like, what being on a supportive team and having a supportive coach might look like and make that decision. And I was like, yeah, whatever, like, I guess. Um, but, the, like, the thing that kills me, like, looking back is that, like, I was really good. You know what I mean? <laughs> and like, What position were you playing when you were in seventh grade? I was nose tackle on the defensive side. Holy uh, cow. Then I had no problem. So, so <laughs> then, if you're no tackle on the defensive side, that goes back to my original question that I got wrong. You got a little hungry for that quarterback, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. It really was just, like, fun to just, like, hit people. And, like, and no one expects you to, like, be as strong as the boys and stuff like that. But yeah. I could, like, fuck them up and stuff. And so yes! it was just, like, so fun to, like, go against them and win all the time and be like, guess you're going to have to practice more to beat this over oh. here, you know? <laughs> and, like, I, I, I can see when I watch football on television, like, when you knock someone down and you take just an extra second and a half to oh, get yeah. off them, and you, I'm not saying you teabag them, but I am saying <laughs> that you're, like, you take just a little extra time to get off them, like, oh, what just happened to you? It looks like you're laying on your back. <laughs> yep. Look at yeah. the glee on your face. <laughs> I love that, Sarah. I love it so much. Sarah Stir is our guest. Here, here's the deal. Let's hear a song, and we're going to come back and talk more about the Vixen, and we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about you and what the future may hold. Um, the first song we're going to hear, tell me about it. Uh, so it's 16 by Diet Sig. And Who's Diet Sig? Yeah, right? Like, I mean, it's a great name, and I know it rings the faintest bell for me, but Grandpa's moving on in years, so I need a, <laughs> I need a little checking. Yeah. Um, so it's this, oh man, I'm going to totally blank on their names, um, but it's like a two-people duo, and then they have a third person who um, kind of like rotates in when they go on tour to play the keyboards and do backup vocals. Got it. Um, I think they're, they live in New York area. Um, and New I like Paltz, New York is actually oh. where they're from. Uh, Alex Luciano and Noah Bowman yes. are the two. I knew See, Alex's I, name I, have, and I, I have the knows. benefit of having a laptop in front of me <laughs> where you don't. And I'm just trying to fill in the blanks. I could see their faces if that counted. Um, but yeah, so I and shout out to like local artist Bully because I had uh, like the Bully radio going on on Spotify. And that's when the Diet Sig popped up. And it's so like one thing I also wanted to do when I was younger was like play the drums and like be a rocker. And my mom was like, yeah, <laughs> my brother played the drums for a while. So you're not going to do that. Yeah, drums uh, are loud. They're yeah. very, they're yeah, very, yeah. very loud. Uh, so I played the trombone, which is a lot quieter than the drums. And 
but you're welcome. Sad trombone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, yeah. So like, and I had never really like consciously like thought about like, like girl rock. You know what I mean? Like, again, like, you know, when you guys were like, oh, pick two songs. Like my immediate instinct was like to pick two songs by like my favorite band, which is an all male band. And, um, like when like starting to follow bully and like Lizzo too, um, and just playing their stuff, you hear more female artists. And I was like, this is so cool to like identify with the people who are playing the music and you just have a completely different connection with it. And so this song is, oh man, this is like the one that I like jam out so hard in my car too. Um, and it's just like, it's, it's great. It's like, uh, I'm 16. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing in this relationship. I and then there's a line in there. I don't want to spoil it, but like it brings me back to the um, the Father of the Bride movie when he's like got the hot dogs and the bun situation going on. <laughs> there's like like a line in there about like hot dogs and a barbecue and stuff, and and it's just like so great because she's just like experiencing life, not knowing how to like process this and move through it, but she's just like rocking the hell out while she's like writing the song and stuff, and it's just like you connect to the music on a different level. And, oh, so good. <laughs> so good. When I was 16, I dated a boy with my own Ready? One of the things I love about doing the Brian Oak Show podcast is learning. Uh, well, in fact, it's the main thing I like doing. This show is about conversations. It's about meeting new people. It's about hearing their stories. But every single guest on this show is required to pick music. And what I like about that is 
it does make it weird. It does make it eclectic. And I have heard the name Diet Sig before because Diet Cigarettes are an interesting concept. (laughs) As a guy who still smokes cigarettes, (laughs) um, it's a very interesting concept. Sadly, I think the Diet Sig is already Diet Sig. Um, without naming it, but I don't know that duo, and I don't know any of their music, and that was fantastic. Well done. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Like that very much. Um, we should probably mention audio quip, yeah. Yeah. What do you say? <laughs> do you Shall want me I? to do it? I can do it. No, I got it right here. All right. Audio quip are the people who. So here's the deal. There are approximately, and I'm not exaggerating, eight hundred thousand podcasts available yes. on the regular right now. Yes. I, if I'm not, if that's not numbers not exact, it's in the ballpark. Um there's a lot out there. There's a glut. And most of them even when the hosts or the guests are expert, they sound like trash. Usually because of the quality of the equipment they use. Or the lack of the ability to articulate the point you want to make, even if you have the good information. We don't suffer from either of those things right here. We have a, an amazing setup in here from our computer to our remote broadcast unit to the microphones to everything that's in here, thanks to the good people at AudioQuip, which is A-U-D-I-O-Q-U-I-P dot com. They are a local company. They are not a giant force uh, in the industry, but they provide equipment for Uh, corporate events, for social events, for rock and roll events, and most importantly, they're good people who signed on before we recorded episode one, and they are allies. They are good friends of ours. They made it possible. I mean, we would be (laughs) deeply in debt right now uh, if we had to go buy this equipment ourselves. So we just were so thankful, and that was my immediate feeling, and I know yours was too, Brian. Just I was so thankful that they were willing to do this with us. Deeply humbling. Really good people. Never had met them before, but of course, you know, that ongoing relationship. And um, no, Nate and his entire crew, down to a person over at AudioQuip, are incredible. And they've got a long history themselves. They've been doing this for a long time. They're good people. So should you need audio equipment, I, I couldn't, I cannot recommend these people highly enough. A-U-D-I-O-Q-U-I-P, audioquip.com. We're talking to Sarah Stir. Sarah is an offensive tackle on a professional football team. Now, before we dive a little further into that, because I'm I'm dying to hear about the last time you knocked somebody's teeth out. I really am. And I, again, I don't encourage that sort of behavior, but I know that there's something about doing what you do that's part of it. So you told me that not only are you not getting paid, you have to pay to be in the Minnesota Vixen. And I know that it's a little up in the air. We're going to be playing this year. I'm not looking for that. But you told me, how many teams are in this league? Uh, 65 last year. Holy cowboys. So, uh, w- what's the league called? Uh, the Women's Football Alliance. Okay. And obviously, if you have if something you love, if there's passion for it, you'll pay to play. So, I mean, is it like a, a standard? And, and again, I apologize for being ignorant about these things. Is it a standard sort of, like on a, an NFL team, there are 52 players. How many players are on a, a, a team in this league? So, uh, another like unique thing about women's football is that um, we've actually changed this year. Of uh, You can have as many people on your team. And it used to be, depending on the division you're in, how many people you could dress for the game. Uh, And they eliminated that this year because we have um, teams that have a lot of depth. And, you know, like, let's get, we're paying to play. (laughs) Let's get everybody on there. Um, But we also, like, injuries are a real thing. Um, A lot of people can get hurt. I've been very lucky, knock on wood. Um, You don't say that out loud. (laughs) No, not not, not listening. Not manifesting that. Um, But, like, we, you know, when you're, when you play women's football, we're really lucky because um, one of our sponsors is Northwestern Health Sciences University. And mm-hmm. so we have a slew of uh, interns that are practicing uh, care for chiropractic and acupuncture and sports massage and things like that that can like get us back to health quickly. But uh, that's not the case for all of the teams. So to have that depth and have more people on your roster uh, allows the team to keep playing throughout the season. It does. But that means there's a lot of chumps cutting into your playing time, doesn't it, Sarah? Well, not mine. But. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just exactly kidding. I'm just kidding. I earn my spot every year. <laughs> That's what I wanted to hear. Let me ask you this. Um, I don't need names, uh, but you, on the offensive line, you either have to love your running back or your quarterback. Otherwise, because again, at any sport at a high level, if you don't believe, if it's not the thing that you know you're supposed to be doing, you could do well at it. 
but you're not going to achieve at a singular level at it. You have to believe that every possible play could be the one, could be the big thing. This is the one, which means, you know, and I know I know the skill positions, your running backs, your quarterbacks, your wide receivers, they're the ones who get the glory. But everyone who's ever paid any real attention to football knows that the battle is won in the trenches. If you do not protect that quarterback, if you do not open the lane for that running back, if you do not throw that a crucial block to bust the wide receiver, receiver open, even for a seven-yard across the middle of the field reception just to move the chains, then it doesn't happen. You have to believe in that. How? I mean, you must like the people on your team. You must believe in them. <laughs> yeah. They're like, yeah, they're okay. Yeah, well. <laughs> no, um, we have a thing. I think the technical term for what you were describing is uh, no line, no shine. Meaning, like, if you don't have a line, oh, agreed. ain't nobody's going to shine. The problem but, is the way yeah. that the way that wide receivers, at least in the NFL, prance around, and the way that running backs, uh, right, the haircuts, no all of it. Like, <laughs> like and, and, yeah. and so that's what sucks is that every single play, like, they don't get the ball every time. And when when wide receivers start bitching about not getting the ball every single play, and I'm like. The people on the trenches, defensive or offensive size, if they're not doing their job as strongly and as high quality as a wide receiver or some other preening peacock, then nothing happens. The quarterback, well, Minnesota Vikings, uh, your quarterback's on his ass half the plays. And so, or her, um, it just, it, so to me, I think that the, the unsung heroes of all forms of football are on the lines on either side. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, there's a cool thing about women's football and that like, at least on the Vixen and which the Vixen, I feel like is an anomaly because we're just like such a special little group and, we have the saying like one team, one family, and that's not bullshit. Like you're a really good team we, too, and your record is good. That's the other thing. Is yeah, they're, that's they're, crazy. They're a really, really good team. Well, go ahead and brag a little yeah. bit. Tell me how good your team is. <laughs> well, we went to the national championship two years ago. Um, don't ask anyone on the team about it because we're all still salty yeah. that we lost. It was, uh, close. It was one play. Uh, we lost by six points. Yeah. Did the yeah. refs? Did the refs rob you? Uh, they did. <laughs> did they really? And, and I, I don't say that as like a the refs made it, like no anything, refs are listening like, to my podcast. Okay, Go ahead gosh. and let it out. Let yeah. it out, Sarah. Oh my gosh. There no was, refs are listening to this podcast. Yeah. So we had a late whistle, um, but one mm. of our. Uh, train i think she was playing linebacker and she stripped the ball and was fucking taken off for the end zone nobody in sight and then they were like oh we did, the the whistle was late we didn't have and we're like put the fucking whistle in your mouth like you have one job <laughs> like yeah so they had a they called it late whistle they canceled the play and we were like that was a touchdown right there sean you know what i like about sarah Got, well, yes, but but what I really like about her right now is she's got that fucking fire in her gut, and I I'm sorry if I dug too deep right there. No, I'm no, not trying I, to make you emotional. It's mo- it's, it's but motivational. It, it, well, it, it felt good. It felt good. So tell me this about Minnesota Vixen. So can we talk about where you're going to play this year? I know Sean said there's going to be some stuff like. Better yet, you don't have to tell me where you're going to play. If there are weird secrets and things still happening, just where, like lots of paperwork that's still where needs to be do signed. people go to find out more about Minnesota Vixen? Uh, we have a website. Um, I believe it's just mnvixen.com. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're also we're on Facebook, we're on uh, Instagram, we're on Twitter, which we you know try to post there too. And unlike the NFL, your season is more late winter, early spring related because I see you have a game coming up. April 4th. Yeah, that's our, our the season St. Louis opener. Slam. Oh, let me tell you about those bitches. No. Go ahead. <laughs> Bitch, your team's called the Slam. Yeah. Come on. They, so they are really good. They've, they have four national champ- four or five national championships under their belts, uh, and we lost our first-round playoff game to them by three points last year. Son of a bitch. Yeah, but we're all, like, my whole team is, like, we are out for blood this year. Like, we are ready for them, uh, and, we, and we play them in St. Louis on the 4th, and so we're, like, ready to... To go down there and, as I like to say, like put people on the ground and just, yeah. I, I've already told you that I have these thin, brittle, bird-like bones <laughs> that if I took one of those hits, I would, I would, I would disappear. I would disintegrate to my component molecules. But I, I also love to watch athletes perform at a high level, and to hear you talk about putting people on the ground. I'm actually kind of excited. Like I don't want to wait until August and preseason and all that garbage. 
Will you do me one favor and on let me know where you're going to be playing on April 4th? And if Sean and I could come watch you. Well, that one's in St. Louis, yeah, right? Yeah, that one's in St. Louis. But we'll come yeah. to the first home That's game. That's what I said. We're going to St. Louis, all right? <laughs> yeah, road trip. Oh, Let's my gosh. Let's do we it, man. podcast on the way down. Well, I'm here for this. Why can't we? Let's do it. Why can't we? They have, if for no, I mean, obviously my game is going to be amazing and we're going to win. Um, but they also have a really good barbecue place called Salt and Smoke, which is like the best barbecue I've ever had I in my entire life. Wait, I'm sorry. So. St. Louis has good barbecue? Yeah, it's, like sure? a, it's a new thing that Are they're trying sure? out down there. Yeah, it's exactly. it just like it just came oh, over. It's kind of like the poke bowl thing, like it's sort of a hot fusion thing that's happening yeah, down there. Yeah, right now. it's probably so, really trying. To, hopefully, the restaurant's still there when we go back. <laughs> from what I see, your first two games are out. You are going mm-hmm. to so St. Louis Slam, Midwest Mountain Lions. Where is that? Um, that so that's a team that um, I Do think they're in Milwaukee. You have to pay to travel too. So that's a great question. Um, we. Uh, we have a team bus for most of our games. So, like St. Louis, um, we play Iowa. We play um, the Midwest Cat thing. They rebranded, and so it used to be like Milwaukee something. Right. Um, oh, so that's just next door, Wisconsin. Yep. All right. And so we bus to all those games. This year, we also play in Boston, which is like super exciting because we're, oh, we're D one this year, which is the top of the league, which is really cool. How many divisions are there? Uh, three. So. Well, you have sixty five teams. That's a lot. So yeah. does it work like? Soccer has always confused me. They're like, oh, this is the Premier League. This oh, is yeah. the oh, special yeah. doodly doo league. This is, the, <laughs> this is the Hoi Polloi League. Like, I don't get how it works. So how do you how do you up and down divisions in your league? We're structured kind of like the NCAA. Okay. Uh, and those are the rules that we play with, too, is like college ball. Um, and so we have three different divisions. And my rookie year, we were in D1, and then we dropped back to D2. And then this year, the league is kind of like looking at how they – divide the teams um and we've been in the top like 10 teams no matter what division um for the last like several years how do you drop a division like if you don't win enough games in one year no you get to in this league you get to previously you've been able to self-select what division you think is best so usually d3 is like up up and coming teams so like the iowa phoenix i believe are d3 and i think the we hate them by the way because that's the, that's the game we're going to. I think it's less realistic that you and I travel to St. Louis in early April. But I'm noticing on April 18th, wherever the game may be taking place, <laughs> that'll be your home opener against yeah. the Iowa Phoenix. And you know how Sean and I feel about Iowa. Don't get us started on Iowans. And we're bringing this mini recorder, and we're going to do a couple of interviews. <laughs> oh my gosh! Before be so the gladly, can you, gladly, can you mic me in my helmet? Is really what I want. I don't know. That would <laughs> be really fun. <laughs> we should do that. We're not NFL films. Can you mic me? Like, oh, oh, shit. Now, you got this? If we're down on the sideline holding the recorder and you hit somebody hard enough, which I understand you like to do, we'll be able to record that. Sure. Yeah. And if I accidentally tackle Brian, you'll hear his brittle, brittle bones breaking. <laughs> oh, no. You'll hear my lungs collapsing. It'll all be over. Before we talk a little bit more, we should hear your second song because we're starting to get a little long in the tooth here. And the, the, the next band you've picked is Camp Cope, which not unlike Diet Sig, who you played before, I know the name. I don't know anything about the band. Yeah, so they're um, an all-female band um, out of, I believe, Australia. Yeah, Australia. And, um, again, just, like, rockers. And the coolest thing about for them about them for me, oh, that's a really good sentence. Um, <laughs> I do it all the time. Don't be embarrassed. I do it all the time. Uh, yeah, what I love about them is, like, they, too, are just, like, so real in their lyrics and uh, in a different song, they like call out patriarchy and like men in the music business that are like, oh, you're girls. So like maybe you should be openers or like maybe you should book a smaller venue or something oh. like that. And they were like, nah. on, on our most recent show, I, I played the Go-Go's and I did it because I played one of their earliest songs because they have a brand new documentary coming out and a brand new reunion tour. And what you're talking about right there, I think a lot of people, they're like, oh, an all female band. Someone must have put you together. Someone must <laughs> right. have written your songs. Someone must have done Are you all. Did the... you grow up singing in church choir? Right, and someone must yeah. have done all this for you. And you look cute in mini skirts and sparkly plastic bangles because <laughs> it's the eighties, and it's not the case at all. The go go's effing rules. So I love that this band does what you're talking about. Yeah, and they're just like so hardcore rockers, and like they're really like they're good humans on the inside too, which is like really cool to see. Like your values in the values of you know, the music you're listening to or the people that you look up to or something like that. Uh, and this song is called How to Socialize and Make Friends uh, by Camp Cope. They, uh, the song is about like, to me at least, my interpretation of it is like leaving, like leaving a relationship and then like, 
just being like, yeah, you can like go off and you can do that thing. And like, I'm just going to be over here doing me this whole time. And like, who's going to win? Not who's going to win, but like, it's like, we're all going to end up okay. And like, we're all going to be I'm okay, gonna be but it's also a, maybe a, little, little a little bit of who's going to win. Just a <laughs> little a, bit. Just a smidge, maybe. So, yeah. Says, <laughs> says the person who said, I'm going to put them in the dirt. <laughs> song right there excellent choice sarah well done thank you thank you sarah stir is our <laughs> guest sarah stir plays on the offensive line for minnesota vixen which means that if she suddenly got angry she could hammer <laughs> both sean and myself into the dirt without thinking about it. like wouldn't it be me a contest right i i think that you and i gotta you gotta show me how to like do the defensive part but i'd I'd work out. I'd try it. Oh, I would, no. I want to learn Not quarterback me. stuff so we can. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Yeah, there so you go. that holds any glamour <laughs> for me. I don't know if the arm. I, I, I'm, I'm 51 years old and I've never thrown a punch in my life and there's only one reason I haven't. There's only one. Well, there's two reasons. One, <clears throat> I don't believe in punching people. But two, generally, punching someone means that you're going to get punched back. <laughs> And Not if you do it right the first then, time. Uh, <laughs> look, look at me. Do I look like the guy? It's not 1962 Roger Moore, James Bond. Nobody, <laughs> nobody punches one person and they're unconscious. It's, just, it's not happening. I meant Sean Connery, by the way, not Roger Moore. In any event, um, so I, Thank I, you. I, I don't really want to do any of that, but I do like to watch people who are physical, who are capable, who are athletic. And Sarah, you certainly fall under that. Minnesota Vixen season starts on April 4th this year. You're out of town for your first two games. But on the April 18th, Sean and I just made a mandate. We, we did. We are going we'll to there. see you destroy Iowa Phoenix. And we do not want to be let down, Sarah. Is that clear? Yes. 
Order taken. You you are hungry to put someone in the dirt, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. We're practicing uh, in a gym right now and like you push people over and like you end up on the on the ground, but it's like different when you're like out on the grass or on turf and you're just even with your own teammates, like you try not to destroy them and practice while still like giving them a good like level of Battle, competition yeah. and stuff. You have to stay sharp. But yeah, iron sharpens iron. Uh, but man, when we are against other teams, I like look at people and I'm like, "Did you call your mom before the game?" <laughs> <laughs> you probably should have. Because oh knows my god, <laughs> we're, we're cutting that out, and that's going to be a sample. Of, <laughs> did you call your mom before the game? Because I I don't want to have to be the one to call her and tell her what happened. Wow. I love your competitive spirit, and I like the fact that you have taken the path you have. And um, I'm excited to go to my first Minnesota Vixen game. I'm going on the 18th of April, and we'll share details on when and where and all that stuff coming forward as we we'll move forward. To it, yeah. Before we get out of here, uh, tell me, I believe you said the November Project. Is that right? Yeah, the November Project is um, this free fitness group in the cities that I work out with. Um, they meet Wednesdays and Fridays, and... I try to be at Wednesdays and Fridays. Um, it's after we practice late uh, for football on Tuesday and Thursday night. But um, yeah, Wednesdays we meet at Gold Puddle, Gold Medal Park. You could pedal your bike there if you wanted to. Um, <laughs> and then Fridays we like travel throughout the city, and so it's a great way to move your body with a super welcoming community. Um, all faces, all paces, all races, all everybody like come show up. It's a really great environment to be in. Talk to me like I'm a toddler and an idiot because I'm a little bit of both those things. Where do people go if they want to know more about the November Project? Um, we're on so November Project has its own website and you can like find the Minneapolis um, group there. But I would recommend like our Facebook and our Instagram are pretty lit, so that's where all the need to know information is. And before we part ways, and I really kind of regret it because I've really enjoyed our conversation. Tell me about. <clears throat> uh, Girls on the Run Twin City or girl girls, girls on the Run Twin Cities. Yeah, this is where I am lucky enough to work. Um, I started volunteering with them. I did a run for them in like 2013, I think, in Atlanta, and then was like, oh, it'd be cool if they had this in Minneapolis, and lo and behold, they did. Uh, and I started out as a volunteer, and then I um, started on staff in the fall, and we're an after-school um, program for um, girls or children who identify as girl or non-binary, non-gender conforming um, after-school program for grades three through eight. And uh, we teach tangible life skills like self-confidence and eliminating negative self-talk and how to make friends and how to build your confidence and things like that, um, while also kind of teaching them how to set healthy goals through running. And, uh, yeah, I work there. It's great. We've got a couple of big events coming up, and uh, we're actually looking for coaches right now, too. We've got 189 coaches left. <laughs> For the spring season, left to go to to find yeah. So we need wow. we need a thousand. Oh um, we're just so I'm looking at the I'm looking at the website right now. It is uh, G O T R, which is Girls on the Run. G O T R twincities dot org slash our programs. Yeah, that's okay. where you can find out about um, all the offerings we have for girls, and you can go there to sign up to volunteer and coach or. Find out more about who we are. See my awesome picture. <laughs> Whatever. You Whatever know, you want to do. As a, as a guy with a daughter, a wife, a mom, brilliant female friends, a really cool sister, um, I know the importance of this, but I'm going to be honest, the way you just described it. Uh, did I say described it? <laughs> you did, but that's all right. We'll, I we, we knew what you were going for. <laughs> described. Um I could have used a little of that when I was growing up. That'd yeah. be nice. Yeah, it would be it'd be better if it was all the same thing, right? Yeah, and I think that like the reason why um, like they focus so the, the girl um, girls on the run came out of uh, a run that our founder went on, and she, all she thought about was like the girl box and like what does it mean to be a girl and how do you break out of like society's box that they put you in? Um, and like the scary thing is that um, girls' confidence peaks at age nine. Oh, and which is startling to me as 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 someone a father of a young woman she's 21 now but those were the days where things started to get really 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 dark in this day and age it was terrible yeah it's crazy and like i was really fortunate because like my mom and my grandma were like my two primary caregivers when i was growing up and like they truly raised me to be like they were like you can do anything you set your mind to beauty is on the inside not the outside like all that and so like i grew up in that like super great environment and so that's why i played football and that's why i like did all this crazy stuff and to like hear some of my friends what they went through at that age and then to see it in our girls too all of the staff members coach at least once a year and 
um, when we do the one on like negative self-talk and the girls are so fast to say things that they don't like about themselves. I'm like, oh man. Too much there. There's too much there. It's it's so heavy, but it's really cool to be a part of a program that helps them um, learn and find and discover themselves and their own beauty and like the different strengths that they offer. And it's just, the whole experience is so cool. I it's indescribable. That's wonderful. I want to say two things, and then we got to wrap this up. One, um, the whole point of doing an all-female February is to learn and to grow and to open, and I just want to learn new things. I want to be better uh, at being a human than I am, and it's been wonderful to meet you. Two, on a much less sensitive note, I cannot wait to watch you smash someone's <laughs> shoulder blade into small <laughs> flinders in mid-April. I'm, I very, I'm actually, I'm, I know you can't, <laughs> yeah. which I, I like I'm that ready. about you. You're clearly doing the right thing, but you're also dangerously violent, and there's something in that middle ground that I really, really like about you, Sarah. <laughs> Thanks. Getting uh, So you're, what side of the line are, are you on? Uh, the left side. Oh, so that's where the, act, the attack comes from. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's your job. Like, I mean, the quarterback gets hammered if you don't do your job. Yeah, yeah. And Is so, your QB right-handed? Uh, yes. Okay. Then it was blindside. Yeah. 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 So, yep. so if last question, I promise I'll wrap this up, but I just, I love some, I don't I don't go deep on football at all. Um, how much holding do you think you get away with? It doesn't get called by the refs. <laughs> Me personally, zero. Cause I don't, I don't. <laughs> of like, course. Of I, course. I've never been called for a penalty and I'm oh, also no like way, really, really? For, not played? for a holding penalty. Oh, okay. I, Actually, maybe I haven't ever. I'll have to look back. What about what about like um, chop block? Uh, no, I was, <laughs> those are legal in ours. They are. Yeah. Ooh, people have legs, you know. They, they, those are their, those are their regular walking legs. So you've never been called for a holding penalty in your career mm-hmm. as part of Minnesota Vixen, right? I so one thing, and I think our team is really good about this is teaching clean football because like nobody, it like it it counts less if you're cheating you know what i mean and i like, couldn't agree more with that like yeah. why play the game if you're not like i'm cool with losing play by the fucking rules yeah and it's so much more satisfying when you like pummel somebody into the ground and they're like and i'm like that was clean sorry like, that was clean like, you can be mad about my game but like bench are you <laughs> <laughs> but like are you mad or are you just jealous yeah, oh, or, <laughs> or did you i mean and we've all been on both ends of that exchange oh for sure sometimes <laughs> Sometimes you just get beat. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For oh. sure. And the well, cool thing about like women's football too is like even when you get beat, like when you get beat at practice, like I regularly like will walk across the line to the defense and be like, hey, how can I beat you next time? Like, what are you doing to beat me? And we have conversations and we help each other learn. And like on the field when I'm playing a different team, um, probably not like in the heat of the game, but like after the game when we shake it, like we all go through, we shake down and we, we you know, chat after the game and I'll be like, damn, like you were really good. Like, great job. And it's so it's so supportive, and I I I don't I think that's special. I don't think that's like in any other level of football. Sean, can I do a mid course correction? The song we have picked out, yes, is, is no longer the song I would like to okay, play. What would you like it, to it's play? It's too dour. It's too dark. We're gonna play it at some point. There is a band called Brassy, B R A S S Y, and there's a song called Work It Out, but. Sarah is so inspirational, and there's like a the the sports vibe. It puts me in a very very different mood. And this one, I think, was in the Kim Possible movie when my yes, daughter was little. Kim Possible, you know Kim Possible. Call me, beat me if you want to reach oh, me. <laughs> Ron Stoppable, Harris <laughs> oh, yeah. rat the yep. whole bit. So this song right here, uh, the band Brassy is. I, I'm I'm going to get her name wrong, so I got to look it up real quick. Uh, Pumpkin Wenzel, I want to say, is her name. And her, I think her brother is John Spencer from the John Spencer Blues Explosion. But I'm I'm just fishing right now. Is that, do you think this is something we're going to be able to do? Yeah, why don't you just announce it and I'll do it. Okay, hang on. Muffin Spencer. Not Pumpkin. Got that wrong. Muffin Spencer, brother of John Spencer from John Spencer Blues Explosion. But uh, let's go ahead and wrap it up with something a little more upbeat, shall we? The band is Brassy. The song is Work It Out on The Brian Oak Show.